This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. Ronnie Martin, uh, one of our great bankers here in Rutherford County. Thank you, Truman. City councilman, doing a great job over there. So proud of you. Thank you very uh, much. Uh, you brought. Uh, Jan. And then there's Jan. She's our radio personality. And she is just absolutely gorgeous this morning. She is so beautiful. She looks lovely. When she walked through the the door, everybody uh, (laughs) stood and and looked. And I was just so... you know, I've, I've got to go get my eyes checked today. <laughs> I, I, got, I do have an appointment. so. Um, but you always look good, Janie. Thank you. I have an eye appointment as well today. Oh, do I you? I to tell you that, yeah. Oh. That's at 5? Okay. <laughs> I've got mine at 1035. You think I can make it over there? Don't let them dilate your eyes at 1030. You won't be able to see the rest of the day. I can't see now. Okay. Well, then you're not so going to be So if mine is anything. at 1 and they're dilating my eyes, no. I should just go on home. You can't home. do that. you got to... <laughs> Dilations after five o'clock. <laughs> we got work to do, Jan. Jan, you, uh, you're you're going to uh, sell your house, aren't you? I'm gonna try. Where is that house? Las Casas. Tell me exactly where <laughs> that. Can you just house give is. us your address, please? <laughs> right. Just say it over the radio. It's off Canesville Pike in Las Casas. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful house, actually. Thank you. I've I been love over it. there. What uh, was it? Mo's birthday mm-hmm. when we were out there last. It was either Mo or Jay's. I think it was Mo. I can't remember. Uh, no, I can't either. But anyway, we had a good time. I had lots of parties at that house. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie. Yes, sir. A lot of things going on right now. Yes, sir. Uh, and they're not all bad for, for Murfreesboro. No, Murfreesboro. A lot of good things going they're, on. They're stepping up, stepping up to the plate. Yes, sir. Uh, MED, where do we stand on all the things that are involved with uh, pretty much everybody. Every, has everything been passed over, handed over to uh, Middle Middle Tennessee Electric's handed you all that money? And yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so the sale closed. Um, from memory, that's happened in the last 90 days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we have received the cash payment up front, um, mm-hmm. which was basically the the cash that the electric department had. Mm-hmm. So we've received that and. Um, some of that money is still in escrow, but there are ongoing conversations about uh, what to do with the proceeds. Of course, you know, for the for those that are listening, uh, we sold the electric department rough numbers for about three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. We received a forty million dollar cash payment up front, and then um, the remainder of those funds will be paid to the city over a fifteen year period. Um, Middle Tennessee Electric is paying interest at about 3% on the deferred payments. And so, you know, the city's got to make a decision about 
what to do with um, those dollars. And a lot of that conversation we've been having over the past month or two. Um, and we'll, we'll get into more detail on, on that specifically. But, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this. We There was so any time you, you sell a major asset and you've got, um, um, you know, an asset transfer that's that large and affects as many people as it affects you know there are always going to be some bumps in the road uh because it's a very complicated transaction and you know we work through some uh, post-op benefits where current retirees for the um Murfreesboro electric department had some different benefits than the city did so as we were pulling them into the city plan um we had to reconcile some of those differences and uh, we started down one path, and I'm, I'm proud to say we kind of backed up and made that right and made sure we made those folks whole and they didn't lose benefits and those types of things. So I, I feel great about that. That's a win for the city. and They're very happy with you Well, because they, this is something that I, I don't think mo- most of the city councilmen knew was going to be on their plate. I think that's right, and I think, you know, that was a surprise to a lot of the people that received the letters that were showing, you know, that those benefits would be changing, and, uh, you know, candidly, you know, that's that's one of the areas where it can be challenging to have an elected group um, that, that the citizens elect and a city manager, because everybody's not always on the same page from the standpoint of who's making decisions clearly. Um, that decision was made by our administration and city manager to handle it that way. Uh, that that discussion never came before the council, and so a lot of people didn't understand that that was not a council decision. That you know we hire a city manager to to make decisions like that because we all have jobs, so that's not our job to do that. But you know I think it did work the way it's supposed to work in the system that we're in. That once we were aware of what had happened, um, you know I, I appreciate the. the the kind words, you know, of, of my participation in that or, you know, my help in that. But it was really a council decision. I brought it up. Um, there was very unanimous, wide support, you know, to do the right thing and honor that agreement for retirees. And so uh, the city council, uh, you know, made that decision to keep those benefits in place, which I'm proud of. And, you know, we're still working through some of that. So, uh, you know, I don't want to get in too much detail on this because, you know, we've not actually talked about it at the council level yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some similar uh, disagreement or disparity between um, the way the MED pension plan worked from the standpoint of, you know, when retirees retire, uh, they basically get, if I'm correct, I think I'm right about this, 60% of their last five years of um, their high five salary. And so what's important. That's pretty good. It is good. Yeah. Uh, and they're deserving of it. And, yes. and they've earned Very it. Very much so. Absolutely. And, you know, when, you, when you're able to keep employees for 30 years, you know, you keep institutional knowledge or, you know, in law enforcement having a lot of turnover is not good because that institutional knowledge and experience is lost. Yeah. We've talked about that. So, you know, there's some, there's some discussion now on, you know, the sale closed mid-year. It closed in at the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're evaluating that high five, um, you know, do you run that from January to December? The sale closed halfway through the year. Some people had six months of that last year of salary. So there's some there's some discussion and debate related to should that six months count towards that last five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our, our MED pension document probably says one thing. I think... 
historical precedent probably says something else. And now that um, that asset has been transferred and the pension has been transferred to the city, ultimately, uh, you know, that's the city manager's responsibility to manage. Um, and, you know, whether or not the council gets involved in that, because we, we may have a different vision than the city manager on that remains to be seen. But Wouldn't the city council <laughs> almost have to get involved in it because you're dealing with the personal things that have to do with the employees? Yeah, that's right. I, and, and, you know, um, you know I've, I've told you, we've talked about uh, administration, our city manager, a lot on this show. And, and I'll tell you, Craig has uh, some tremendous gifts. He's very bright. Uh, he's very technical. Um, he, he does have uh, a lot of these gifts. Uh, but there are some things occasionally that uh, the council may have a different vision than mm-hmm. the city manager. And I think that's the way that system is supposed to work. When we, when we see something different, it's our job to bring it up and discuss it. And, uh, and I think that there will be more discussion about that. I, I don't know how the council feels uh, broadly about that specific issue, but I do know uh, there was very strong sentiment that when we dealt with the post-op benefits for retirees, mm-hmm. that we wanted MED employees to be made whole. And we mm-hmm. made that very clear. And my perspective on that would be uh, if there's historical precedent that we're doing something different now that that pension has transferred to the city um, rather than what had been done when it was on its own an independent functioning enterprise, uh, I do think there's some room for discussion about keeping that the way it was, especially considering, you know, it impacts pensions and things like that for folks. So that would be my perspective on it. Yeah, I think Murfreesboro Electric was one of the best departments that uh, I have ever seen here in in the city of Murfreesboro. And those people, they reached out and they took care of all the city residents at one time. And it's changed a couple of times over the years. And when the, uh, you know, they answered basically to a board at one time. That's right. And then um, uh, Murfreesboro kind of, came in and, and uh, pretty much uh, uh, they were responsible pretty much for Murfreesboro Electric. And uh, I, I uh, those people, I mean, they worked under all kinds of conditions. And I went out and actually when John Mankin was over it, uh, he wanted me to go out with him one day because there was a bad storm going on. And, and uh, they're trying to keep all of the... Uh, uh, electrical uh, lines as safe as they could and and I was sitting there watching those the lines would hit each other mm. and then you'd see sparks it was almost like lightning right uh, and, and and those guys I, uh, I tell you what I wouldn't have got up on one of those poles when when all that was happening it, it was amazing so uh, it, it was there was no um, utility ran any better than Murfreesboro Electric during that time and and, uh, you, you know, I, I think that uh, uh, the council made the decision to right. sell it. Right. And I, I think that uh, this is up to me. Cause I, and I know that you go way beyond when you're dealing with things that, that have anything to do with employees, which right. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm very proud of what you do, Ronnie. But I, I think that they're the ones that should make those decisions when it comes to those benefits and things that uh, I think that would have been a part of, of the sale. And I think it really was, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and that's the thing we talked about is that, you know, um, and, and I want to be fair or at least attempt to be fair based on my knowledge about this whole situation. You know, when you sell a utility, none of us had any experience doing that. The city manager didn't have any experience doing that. The, the MED staff, you know, didn't have any experience in working through that. So, yeah. you know, it's probably unrealistic for something to be perfect like mm-hmm. in anything. But um, I think, and as you know, I, I wasn't an advocate for selling the utilities. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I do think it's very important from a reputation standpoint and to protect you know, the, the integrity of, of what we do and the city officials and, and you know, the Murfreesboro City Council that, mm-hmm. you know, if there are things that we did not talk about prior to the sale that would have a negative impact mm-hmm. on MED employees or retirees, I'm always going to lean in the direction of, hey, let's, let's give folks, let's be generous, let's be gracious, let's give people the benefit of the doubt because... You only get one time to do something like that right. It's not yeah. like we're going to get another try. And there are so many things that, um, you know, specifically our city manager did well in terms of that. And I wasn't even, you know, in support of it. But I, I can respect the technical way he went through that, uh, protected the city's interest. And, and, you know, we'll talk some about the MED proceeds and the opportunity we have to do that. But. I do think on the other side of that, again, uh, if there are opportunities for us to um, uh, honor the agreements that were in place for um, both current retirees and future retirees, mm-hmm. I- I'm always going to err in the side of doing that just because you know I feel like it's the right thing to do. And if we weren't going to do that, those should have been very specific talking points early on that might have ultimately influenced you know council members' votes on that mm-hmm. because, I mean, I... If you can imagine saying, hey, we think it's a great idea to sell the utility, but we're going to change the pension for retirees, we're going to not offer benefits, well, you can imagine how that might have influenced, you know, the vote on that. Yeah. But because of those things were not discussed, again, I, I think we should err on the side of being gracious to those employees, you know, yeah. to do that. And, again, that's from somebody that wasn't even in support of the sale. So, you know. Um, well, there, there, it, there's always something that's going to happen that's going to make people unhappy when you guys make decisions. Absolutely. It's on everything that you do. And I know how tough it is. And, and uh, the, the, the things that uh, affect people in a personal way, it, it seems to stand out way above anything else. Now, uh, do you, and, and, and as you look to see, what are the things that need to be taken care of now? Do you have a certain order uh, as far as the council is concerned on what is the next project that, that you're going to tackle? You know, it's interesting. Um, I think, and I'm still learning, you know, I've been doing this for two years, and uh, now that we have a new council member, Sean Wright, you mm-hmm. know, is, a, is the newest council member that we have, I don't know that I can continue to play the I'm the new guy card uh, because technically Sean's the new guy. Uh, Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Yeah. Uh, But, um, you know, I I still only can, you know, perform at the level of experience and knowledge that Mm -hmm. I have. And so um, I'm not sure exactly how things filter to us. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, a lot of that comes from, I'm sure, comments that we make as a council to staff. Mm-hmm. How staff prioritizes that, I, I would, I guess, to answer the question directly, our, our administration 
prioritizes those things that yeah, we said. Yeah, you've done a good job bringing them on the air and and let people get to hear them and, and see what the city's looking like. Well, I do think that's important, mm-hmm. and what I'll tell you is what happens is, you know, we talk about a lot of things. I think the administration funnels that into a, a few points that they prioritize. And then we kind of get immersed in these things. And so, you know, MED was one of those things we were immersed in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm I'm trying to not get too involved in this uh, pension thing and the benefits thing, but I keep getting pulled in that because I think maybe we didn't make exactly the right decision, and that's important to me. And so I want to make sure if I have the ability to, to, you know, have effective change on that, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, how we spend the proceeds will be something that's a very big topic because it's very timely. Uh, we mentioned before the radio show uh, the EMS discussion. Uh, I have got, you know, I was, uh, Jan gives me a hard time. I was off yesterday at the bank, but I spent all day at the bank, and I spent uh, probably five or six hours working on this EMS uh, discussion, mm-hmm. just gathering information, trying to learn, trying to do the best I can to put myself in a position to make a good decision. And you're talking to all the right people. Yeah, I think you have to do that. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an elected official for the city of Murfreesboro, but you know, I, I've heard comments where other council members and you know folks say, you know, you, you need to be doing what's best for the city. Well, I agree with that, but what a lot of people I think don't take the time to consider uh, is that you know everybody that lives in the city lives in the county, yeah, and that the case is not the same in reverse. Mm-hmm. But everybody that lives in the city lives in the county. And so, I, you know, I met with Carl Hudgens yesterday and met with our fire chief and continued to talk to, you know, everybody I can to learn as much as I possibly can to try to help. And, you know, Truman, this, this issue that we're having uh, between the city and the county on EMS is probably something that's been around forever, yeah, right? It has. And, and you and I have talked about this, you know, you you've shared your thoughts about fire trucks responding to mm-hmm. all these calls and you know that's a real that's a real issue you know you've yeah. got an enormous vehicle that you know is it safe for that to happen uh that's absolutely fair you know the other side of that is the way we've built out the infrastructure of our city mm-hmm. uh we have got a world-class fire department i mean um you know i just couldn't say enough about those guys they do a great job and girls it, is the fire department their number one issue has always been what it says on the truck, fires. That's right. But it, it's it's not their number one issue anymore. Well, so, yeah, it's a great point. And what's happened is as, you know, fire education, awareness, safety, um, you know, improvements in building codes and things like that, you still have to have a fire department. Yeah. But they're not making as many calls for fires yeah. uh, as they probably were 20, 30 years ago. And so, like anything, technology's improved, awareness, education's improved. Um, and so what happens is, you know, I think you realize that in some cases, because of the way our infrastructure, our footprint is built out, um, our firefighters can be on calls or in response to other incidents faster in some cases than the, the county EMS. Mm-hmm. And so what's really important, I think, is that everybody understands what we're trying to do is to provide services and save lives um, for citizens of our community. And there are some instances where Murfreesboro Fire and Rescue can be somewhere faster than the county EMS. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So the county EMS, uh, and I think, you know, with new leadership that we have there, 
Uh, I think, you know, Mayor Ketron, uh, from what I can tell, is committed to this as well. I think everybody wants people to be to have the best talent, the best training, the best expertise on site for me and you and our loved ones and everybody else in the mm-hmm. county as fast as possible. But historically, there's been some turf issues about that because people have felt like, hey, fire trucks don't need to be you know, on this call. But those, tur- uh, those turf issues are not that old. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're fairly new. Yeah, and you, know, you talked about that, and I... Of course, I hadn't been around as long as you yeah. have, and I haven't seen as much as you have. So um, what I do know is we've got, just like the county does, you know, Murfreesboro has got a very talented group. I think I think as high as 93% of our firefighters are trained in mm-hmm. either basic, advanced, EMT, or paramedic, you know, type yeah. life-saving skills. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got a resource like that in the city, uh, you've got to find a way to leverage that. I think the county should want that, yeah. right? Um, the, the city should want to work in a cooperative, compatible fashion with, mm-hmm. with the county. And That's imperative to get all that you need out of it. It is. Yeah. And, I, and we've struggled with that, and I think there's some holdover from, you know, different leadership in some of these roles where there have been some hard feelings about some of those things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm committed to us moving forward, uh, doing everything we can to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you look at the prospect of hiring an outside ambulance service, which is one of the things, you know, Murfreesboro three, four months ago, five Mm -hmm. months ago, we requested some of these uh, sealed proposals from surrounding um, medical providers, ambulance providers, where, you know, basically to take a look at what it would look like for us to privatize EMS in the city. Mm-hmm. And what you what you don't think about in that is that, you know, the, the county EMS budget's a $16.5 million operation. That's what it costs to operate that. Mm-hmm. Some of the revenue that, that pays for those expenses are taxes. Uh, some of the revenue that pays for those expenses are transport fees. Mm-hmm. And so I think... You know, as a city, what has happened is as we've become aware that a large portion of those transport fees come from inside the core, right, inside the city because you've got dense population, that sort of thing, we've sort of tried to leverage, um, when I say we, administration and and those that are in favor of, of privatization, have tried to leverage that revenue to say, hey, we can hand that pot of money to a private provider and we can control EMS inside the city. And while that may be true to a certain extent, um, you know, by statute, the county has a medical director that ultimately is the final say for protocols, for things that happen in our, uh, you know, how we treat patients and on the scene and all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And ultimately, we're always going to partner with the county because of the way some of those things are designed to work. Yeah. And so, you know, from my standpoint, back to the discussion point of everybody that lives in the city also lives in the county. If we remove that revenue stream for the county, we're going to create a hole in that operating budget. Mm-hmm. We're going to hand that money to a private provider. And, yes, maybe we gain some things, predominantly control and maybe um, you know, some protocol discussions surrounding care and things like that. But we're creating a shortfall in the county budget, which is going to flow back to all the citizens to figure out how we've got to, you know, to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece to this that, you know, I've been very emphatic about is, you know, back to this discussion that, 
you know, as elected officials, you know, it's our job to do what's best for the city. Mm-hmm. Well, unless Murfreesboro is going to build a wall around it and not allow anybody in or not allow anybody out, then people, citizens in Murfreesboro are going to travel to the unincorporated county rural areas inside and outside of the city limits. Mm -hmm. And if we feel like that there's opportunity right now to make improvements to our EMS program, uh, whether it be EMS specifically, whether it be our working relationship, whatever it is, I'm not on the ground doing those jobs, so I don't know all the the information about that. But if we can get better together, then my wife or, you know, Jan or you or anybody else, my children that are traveling outside the city limits will have the best care inside those unincorporated areas, just like they're going to have inside the city limits. Mm-hmm. We should be trying to improve the whole system, not build a wall around Murfreesboro and say yeah. we don't care what happens to everybody else. And that's pretty much the way it used to be. Yeah. Uh, the the working I was always, when 911 first was uh, enacted here in Rutherford County, the every person that sat on that board was in it for each other. Right. I mean, there there was no pulling apart or anything like that, and everybody had uh, equal representation, and uh, everybody had an ear. Uh, e- each one of the uh, board members wanted to do the best thing for every uh, entity that was in Rutherford County. And, and it w- really worked very, very well. Yeah. And uh, w- it, when it was first started, uh, Steve Lane was the uh, uh, director of the 911, and you talk about someone who uh, was really talented in that uh, particular area, and he wanted the best for everybody. And, yeah. And I think that's why it, it uh, sometimes... When you got something that is almost perfect, and and you have it for a number of years, and you start seeing some flaws start uh, uh, creeping in from time to time, right? Uh, you have to attack them because um, I, I was so proud of that board all the years that we had it, and uh, the the police chiefs were on the board, and and you had the uh, ambulance service was on the board, and. And uh, a, a few of the uh, uh, private citizens were on. Uh, uh, number one name was John Hood. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows how much John, uh, John has done for the community. And, I mean, he was really special. So um, I, I just have a lot of uh, good, good feelings about that. And I think it will go, will really get back to what it used to be. And it, it takes... Um, um, someone like you to get involved because you, I know you, Ronnie, and, and you want the best for the community uh, because we have a lot of talent here. We really do. Right. And people that want to see our community uh, have the 100% service no matter where it is or where it comes from. Well, I think one of the things that is helpful um, that I can bring to that process is that you know, I, I don't, in, in this case, my inexperience is really an asset, I think, to this mm-hmm. discussion because what I have seen is, you know, you can look at um, uh, EMS or you can look at Murfreesboro Fire, uh, the county mayor, the city mayor. You can look at, you know, staff in the county, staff in the city administration, mm-hmm. and you can see where people have been working on an issue for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. and. The frustration of what's not working about that can wear on you, yeah. right? 
And it can get to the point where it gets very easy for us individually to say, I'm tired of this pain. I'm tired of dealing with this frustration. Yeah. And you start, it gets really easy to start pointing fingers at everybody. Yeah. And as we're trying to pull everybody back in to say, hey, you know, um, we can't do anything about what happened a year ago or five years ago. We can only move forward from this direction mm-hmm. or from this point. And, you know, the, the great thing about me not having, you know, a long legacy in government or working these issues is I'm not upset at the county for what they've done. I'm not upset at the city, you know, for wanting to press and do this. Mm-hmm. I'm able to really objectively look at this, and it's why I've tried to spend as much time with both sides as possible to really try to understand what's going on. And I think um, there are a lot of really good, talented people um, who have fatigue over this issue, uh, who are frustrated by what hasn't worked well. Mm -hmm. And so it gets real easy to kind of want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, um, you know, I'm going to continue to encourage us to try to work through this, push through this, because, you know, one of the things I was looking through, I told you I met with Carl Hudgens uh, yesterday, and asked him for a copy of the EMS budget, and so I was looking through that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the great revelations to me on that, which is why it's so important, I think, for council members to be involved, mm-hmm. um, you know, EMS has a rough math $10 million write-off on an annual basis. And so, you know, they're, they're you know, we're all a little different based on our experiences and our views, and some people will say, well, that's wonderful, and some people will say, well, that's terrible. And there's probably room for both of those conversations. But, you know, I think what's important is to say, why do they have a $10 million write-off, and what does that mean, and how does that parlay into the city having its own ambulance service? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what it means is a lot of the transport fees that come to EMS are Medicare or Medicaid, uh, or their insurance maximums on what people will pay, insurance companies will pay for uh, ambulance reimbursement. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say we charge $2,000 for an ambulance and Medicare says, I'm only paying you 1500 or a private insurance company says, I'm only paying you 1000 mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Well, you can sue the person that you transported. Yeah. Uh, you can set them up you know, on a payment plan. You can put them to collections. But you know, there are some people in our community that can't pay those bills uh, or they might lose their house or they might be in jeopardy, you know, fixed income, whatever else, low income. Well, do, are we going to refuse service to transport people in an ambulance because their yeah. Medicare, you know, reimbursements may not be there? Well, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that subsidizing health care? You know, I'm not going to get into that conversation because I think it's a national conversation that I'm interested in Murfreesboro. What I know is we're not going to leave people in the streets because they can't provide, you know, yeah. a payment for the for ambulance service if it needs. So, you know, that's a piece that we haven't talked about as far as these transport fees. And, you know, one of the things that I'm, you know, concerned about, <clears throat> because I'm not sure we have control over this if we go to a private service, is, you know, is that going to turn into collections and liens on people's homes if we have a private service and the person that couldn't pay their transport fee is getting, you know, called by collection agencies and that kind of stuff? The, the county, I think, understands because they've been operating that ambulance service yeah. that, look, whatever we can't collect is subsidized by taxpayers. We know yeah. that. Um, but I just think that's a really important piece that as we talk about moving towards a potential private ambulance service that we're not talking about. And, you know, if the city decided that they want to get into, if we wanted to get into the ambulance service, I'm not opposed to the conversation of doing that. 
But we got to really understand what we're talking about before we get into that. And back to this comment I made earlier, everybody that lives in the city lives in the county. And so if we make a drastic move like that, we've got to know what we're giving up. We've got to know what we're getting and the consequences of that decision. And I don't think we're having the kind of depth, in-depth detail conversation that we need to have, at least for me, to be able to make a good decision about that, which is why I keep pressing we got to work this out because the the ensuing mess to not working it out, I think, could have some unintended consequences and some collateral damage that we're not thinking about. And what you're doing, you're looking at the entire scope of, of what could happen. Right. And which, which is good because that's not always done. And uh, um, you have so many things that involve city and county that uh, – that, a lot of people are looking at right now. And, and another thing, of course, was the school system. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, by law, the county has to provide the education. Right. And the uh, city has been doing it uh, inside the city for mm-hmm. a pretty good while now. And uh, as, as things start changing and, and uh, the things that the city uh, people, the citizens in the city... Um, uh, need to have done for them. Uh, sometimes you, you you look at, at you look at the cost. You look at everything that's involved in it. Um, that's another thing that will come up, as, as you know. Uh, yep. A lot of people are talking about it already. And uh, uh, are we getting the best bang for our buck as far as what they're doing in the city, or? Uh, is that something that may be passed on? Yep. The baton may be passed on to the county. So right. it, uh, you came in at a very difficult time. You know, the, the mayor... And the, the, and the virus hasn't helped any. It's funny, I, in conversations I've had with our mayor, Shane McFarland, you know, one of the things that he has said to me is he said, and, you know, he's he was a council member for two terms and, and has been mayor for, you know, six years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has said to me on more than one occasion, he can't remember a time where there were as many tough things that had to be dealt with as we've been de- dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, I can't imagine uh, having done this for 16 years, working these problems that we're working. Um, you know, I mean, Shane's, Shane's been very committed to our community and worked hard to do these things. Um, and it just goes back, when I think of things like that, you know, we can all disagree on what should be done about some of these issues, but for anybody that decides to step up and serve in an elected official capacity, I mean, it's a big deal. And, you know, people are going to be critical of some of the things that I do, and, and that's their right. Uh, but uh, I would say we, we don't give our all of our elected officials, regardless of party and regardless of what they do, uh, we don't give them enough appreciation and gratitude for the sacrifices they make because um, these are tough jobs. And they are. And when you throw your whole self in, inside those j- jobs, yep. because uh, I, kn- I know that you were elected, and then the next thing you know, the coronavirus comes. Right. And then uh, who has to step forward to save the small businesses? It's the local banks. And I know that you and Janie have been taking care of those things. Uh, you had 100% uh, full completions on yours. We did. At, at uh, Pinnacle Bank. And I was so proud of you guys because not everybody that applied outside to uh, other locations, uh, not everybody received the, the funds that uh, 
they had applied for. Yeah, and, and Pinnacle did a great job. Uh, and, you know, I think one of the things we talk about on our, our small team, uh, myself and Jan and Tyler and uh, Dan and Misty, we kind of came to, to Pinnacle from First Bank, as you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, we try very hard to live up to the uh, mantra of we want – things that people see with customers that we our experiences with clients mm-hmm. we want them to be front of stage center stage which means you know if you go to a, a player production of any sorts you know what's happening on stage is what everybody sees usually it's a big mess behind stage where everybody's trying to make that happen yeah um, we want our customers no matter how hard it is we want the folks that we do business with to see a final product to see a great presentation on what we do and what we know is it takes a lot of people behind the scenes to make that happen. And so, you know, Pinnacle did a great job. Um, lots of people that we may not even know or see and a contribution that they made to put us in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinnacle did a great job to do that. And to your point, we heard from lots of clients and had an opportunity to pick up some new clients where, you know, their bank couldn't couldn't deliver that. They couldn't yeah. get it done. And uh, so the bank did a great job. Jan can tell you it was not easy. We were all under a tremendous amount of stress, and yeah. it was hard work. But I noticed Jan's hair was falling out there for a while. <laughs> I thought you just said turning colors. And uh, it was a little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. It just may be turning shades a little yeah. bit. But Pinnacle did a great job, and, um, you know, we had a great team, uh, and, and we were very much enjoy our Pinnacle family. So, Now, tell me about the old building mm-hmm. that's been demolished are are they going to do it piecemeal or are they going are you going to do let it explode and all come down <laughs> i have no idea about that bill bill jones is keeping that information top secret so well he needs to call us and, and he tell, should call us and tell you, us. you wouldn't you'd be surprised how many people have called me and said why are they tearing that building down we want a new one that's got Truman Jones on the outside of it as well. I don't want ever, I don't want my name on anything <laughs> okay, unless you're good. giving me a check. <laughs> no, I, I think, and we saw this firsthand. That you know, buildings have useful life, and you know, they they uh, systems, mechanical, HVAC, you know, all the things that you put in a building over time, those things just break down. They depreciate and they mm-hmm. use their useful life and. I think it was an opportunity for us to, um, you know, stay committed to Murfreesboro, to stay committed to that location. And uh, there were times, I can tell you, I had an office when I first came to Pinnacle that there were days in the wintertime where I had a jacket and gloves and a couple pair of socks on to try to survive because it was so cold in there. And, then, uh, and, and since you're my bank, uh, I appreciate what you did. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, it, it, you know... We want to make sure that folks have a comfortable environment to work. Uh, that you know, well, you know, the Empire State Building is still up, and look how long that thing's been sitting there. That is true. That's a lot to take care of. That is a lot to take care of. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not getting any interest <laughs> from the bank. <laughs> I don't. Bill Jones is going to have to call. I don't know a lot about that. So, uh, what? What's that? I didn't. We should have done that. You're cutting out a little bit. Are you breaking? Yeah, she. Which of these is you? Well, she she wasn't doing it to start with. You were just bouncing around in that chair, I think. Let's see here. Um, I'm gonna start working on something and totally break it. <laughs> uh, so, what will be the, uh, the opening date for the new bank building? 
I have no idea. I think uh, <laughs> from talking to Bill, I think. Were well, you talking about the the new building? The new building, building right? yeah. Is that Bill calling? No. But it's it's going to be one floor. Is that right? I don't know the answer to that either. I think it's potentially two floors. Okay. But again, uh, Bill Jones, if you're listening, you need to call in and answer those questions. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. I don't want to tell you wrong. I was hoping that you would do a skyline up there uh, and and be the tallest building in, in Murphy's world. I think that's a great idea. Now, yeah. it's, it's not my it's not my money we're spending, but uh, I did tell Bill I think we need six or eight stories. I think that'd be great. But uh, yeah, now what what is the, the what was the life term on this building that you tearing down now? Truman, I think it was built in the '60s, no plus or minus ten years. You think that's right? You probably know better than me. I don't yeah, know. I think that's that's close. Yeah, it, it was. Um, um, well, I'm not sure. It seemed like it was older than that. I don't know. I'm just not sure. Calvary before yes, it sir. was Pentacle, right? And uh, I think uh, some uh, uh, people made a lot of money when it went from Calvary to Pentacle. What, what did Mo do on it? I have no idea. You have to ask Mo. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is, it, it, it's Murfreesboro. Pinnacle right. is Murfreesboro. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I've seen it grow over the years, and I've seen all the people that have been involved in it. And, and it's uh, it's a home for all of us. And, and they've reached out in such a successful way. Um, uh, I'm just I'm just really proud of them. It, it's a uh, it's a very impressive uh, company, and, yeah. and, and you know I've I've worked for five or six different banks, uh, great people at all of them, you know good banks. But you know one of the things that I've commented about uh, on multiple occasions is anytime I've ever changed banks and, and moved somewhere, mm-hmm. um, once you have enough experience and you watch how somebody else does something, you start learning not only you know, what they're doing, but either where they are in the curve of being exceptional at what they do mm-hmm. or they're just being good at what they do and they're satisfied to be good at what they do. Um, you know, with very few exceptions, what I can tell you about Pinnacle is they are very interested in being very good at what they do. Uh, they're very intentional about making staffing, procedural, operational uh, changes that need to be made for them to, you know, basically deliver, you know, the best banking experience uh, to clients. And uh, very good at it. Um, They're very committed to it. Uh, We're all held to a very high standard from the standpoint of what's expected of us. And it's really a good fit, uh, you know, for the team of folks that we brought over because, you know, we want to work with the best and we want to win with the best. And uh, it's, it's just been a great experience, not only for us, but for the clients that we have brought with us, uh, I think they've really seen a difference. Uh, and, you know, you, like anything, you, you don't know what you don't know, so you don't know that you could go somewhere else sometimes and get a better banking experience than you have because you're content with where you are. Uh, but Pinnacle's a special place. When will the, the, the city start looking at the possibilities of a full-time mayor? You know, um, I think that's a ultimately that's a council decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can tell you that you know there are very strong opinions within city government on that. Um, of, of the biggest concern I hear is 
you know, how politics will play into that yeah. um, and how we might get someone in that role that uh, may not have the best experience, may not have um, the, the best skill set in managing employees and managing a, you know, $190 million operating budget. Um, and, and look, we do a lot of things in the city of Murfreesboro. I mean, you know, it'd be hard to come in and have expertise in all of those. And so, you know, I think there's a, a concern about that with a certain group. Um, you know where I stand on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're big enough now that, you know, if you had the right person in that role, which is easy to say, mm-hmm. um, because the reality is the, the, the public would be electing that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of putting our trust into the voters. I think that's what democracy is about. I think that's why we have it. Uh, for me, it, it's not a good enough reason not to try to move in that direction because we're afraid of what might happen. I mean, yeah. anytime you make changes, folks are a little scared about that. But um, I think it would – I can see where it could make certain improvements within the city of Murfreesboro. Um, yeah. i can give you a, an opposite view of this. You take mm-hmm. somebody like Craig Tindall, who's our uh, city manager. Well, how hard would it be to find somebody that has some of the technical skills that Craig has? There are not a lot of folks walking around with the same kind of technical ability that he has. Uh, but – as I give him that compliment, you know, uh, I think there are some other things that others could bring to that role uh, that are equally valuable. So, you know, um, I would be in support of that. I don't know how the, the rest of the, the council feels about that, but I think it would ultimately take a, a vote from the city council uh, to ask our state delegation to help support a change in our charter, you know, to do that. Um, so, I mean, that's the, that's the path. I think the strong thing that would come in – if you had a full-time uh, – uh, I, I, I just had a, a second thought in my head, and that's, that's not working. Um, a full-time mayor would, would, in my opinion, their strongest quality would be the humanity part of it. Right. Because the, they're involved with uh, all the people in the city of Mur- uh, Murfreesboro – and everybody wants their um, um, ideas heard. Right. And and there's a lot of things going on here. And then you have the new people that are here, and then you have the people that uh, have deep roots in the city of Murfreesboro. Right. And then you put them all together, uh, you, it can lead to a very successful city, as you know. Right. So that's the thing that... Um, I, I look forward to more than anything else, and, a lot, and what really got my attention was you, uh, uh, and, and talking about all those things. And, and, and uh, uh, I've learned a lot more from the city from you than I have uh, a lot of my old participation with the city. So uh, I'm very pleased with the way it's going. And of course, I know you guys will make a good decision on it. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with Ronnie Martin. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5-101.9, AM1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. 
Bell Jewelers purchases estate jewelry. Maybe there are things that you inherited that you will never wear. So Bell Jewelers will pay top dollar and we'll help find them good new homes. A lot of customers that come into Bell Jewelers and want antique vintage pieces. So we have a collection of beautiful jewelry items that never go out of style, always timeless at excellent values. I'm Greg Tidwell at Bell Jewelers Northwest Broad, across the street from Toots. Bet River Sportsbook is ready to make this football season one to remember. All season score at Bet River Sportsbook with free bets, odds boosts, and more. Player props, thousands of game lines, and live in-game betting. Bet River Sportsbook delivers best-in-class sports betting experiences with outstanding customer service to back it up. Go to BetRivers.com. And if you reside in a non-regulated state, then BetRivers.net has action for you. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is you waiting for dinner on an ordinary vacation. It's a two-hour wait for a table. This is you waiting for dinner on a real vacation. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Take the wheel at your nearest RV dealer or at GoRVing.com. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential. They're open. They're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few spotty rain showers here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies high in the upper 60s. Winds out of the northwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 55. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. News Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5-101.9, AM 14.50, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. I'd prefer not. And welcome back with Roddy Martin. Thanks for, we were having a little shop talk there. Janny Stewart. Sometimes I get the feeling is I don't know who is the leader of your game. <laughs> Janice. Janice. There's any question about that? She she's the leader. Okay. Uh, Med. Yes, sir. Uh, the proceeds and everything. Yeah. Where are we at that? So you mentioned it earlier. Yes, sir. Um, we had a workshop meeting. Uh, I lose track of time. Truman. A few weeks ago. Three weeks ago. A month ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really the first. Um, substantial conversation we'd had to try to give the staff some direction about as individual council members um you know what what our vision for that money was and uh, a lot of good a lot of good dialogue came out of that conversation um i think what you saw uh and uh mr tyndall um, was very direct about this uh, you know he he envisions those funds being used to mm-hmm. 
um, support the CIP program for the city of Murfreesboro. And um, I think if I were in his shoes, I think I might feel similarly um, mm-hmm. because the more resources he has, obviously the better job he can do to, to execute his plan, you know, as a city manager. So I, I respect that. I think my vision on that is different in the sense that, you know, I, I would be, uh, I would have questions surrounding why we got ourselves into a position where we had such a large backlog in needs for capital improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I know the answer to some of those things. Some of that is, um, you know, the rapid growth. Anytime a, a company or a city grows very, very rapidly, it, it, it puts intense pressure on capital needs. So yeah. that's not anybody's fault. Um, I, I do think that we were a little slow. And this won't win me any favor amongst fans that are, you know, never would approve of a tax increase. But I think we were a little slow to that. Mm-hmm. If we had done that, you know, five years sooner, seven years sooner, um, there would have been revenue that would have existed that we could have used to do some some of those rapidly needed projects mm-hmm. as we were growing. But the opportunity cost of not raising taxes during that period of time is that those are lost revenues that we'll never see. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of it. Uh, but the other thing, too, is, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the, you know, development paying for itself. And, and I'm going to circle back to what you asked me, but I think this is important, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in context that, uh, you know, we, we have talked about impact fees in the city of Murfreesboro and, you know, should we do that? Can we do that? How do we do that? And, um, you know, I do think we need um, uh, some additional revenue to help offset some of the growth, uh, growing pains that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for a lot of folks listening, that may sound like that's what everybody in an elected, you know, capacity says we need is more revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's more complicated than that. Uh, I, I think we're in a place where We've got a very strong, growing, thriving local economy, and if we don't put some measures in place to create some additional sources of revenue, I don't think we're ever going to fix this problem. And so go back to what you asked me now about what we're going to do with the money. Um, rather than the you know one plus one equals two of we need, we're behind in capital improvements, we need to fix that problem, so let's use all the money for that, you know, I would say um, – I don't have great confidence in, um, um, you know, an elected official, an elected official's ability to protect a large sum of cash. And that's not directed towards anybody on the council. It's directed towards us as a group Mm -hmm. and the challenges that we face as elected officials in the sense of, you know, we talked about COVID earlier and the impact that could have on the economy what else could happen, you know, to our economy. We talk about tax increases. We had that two years ago. Um, You know, there are issues, um, again, related to that, that I think if there was a large sum of money sitting idle, Mm -hmm. it'd be very easy for local elected officials uh, to say, well, we should pull from these funds. I mean, in fact, when we did our, you know, 2020, uh, 21 budget, we were pulling funds from reserves, Right. So it's real easy to say, hey, we don't have enough revenue. Uh, we don't predict that we'll have enough revenue. So let's pull from the reserve funds. Well, mm-hmm. I think those funds should be separated so that uh, no elected official can have access to them, because I think that creates a problem down the road for protecting those funds. Yeah. 
So my, my recommendation would have been we give that money to a foundation that the city starts. It's kind of the, the, the seed capital, uh, if you will. For Something like Christie Houston had. Very yeah. much like that. So, yeah. um, you know, I talked to a lot of people, Bob Mifflin and, and, and others. You know, Christie Houston started with a $40 million nest egg. Right now it's about $90 million, and over the last 30 years they've given away $110 million to the community. And, and, and every every bit of it was much deserved for, for the group. So you, you think yeah. about the good that's done for our community. Yeah. I mean, it's just immeasurable. And so, you know, I I know our city uh, because of the growth, because of all the things we talked about. Uh, you know, we need to spend some money on capital improvements. But I would advocate us being very disciplined about that and putting this money in a place where it can earn a favorable rate of return, mm-hmm. uh, similar to Christy Houston or the city pension or, you know, those types of things, uh, six, six and a half, seven percent um, on average return. Yeah. And, you know, the math that I have done, Truman, uh, tells me that over a 15-year period, while we're getting the annuity stream from uh, MED for the payment mm-hmm. of that, you know, there's probably a way that we could do somewhere around $150, $60 million in money that would be generated by the returns on that mm-hmm. and at the end of a 15-year period still have $250 million, you yeah. know, that, that preserve. So, you know, I'm for any solution that protects the money. Uh, I, I'm for a solution that allows us a better rate of return than... 25 or 50 basis points you know we've got to get it we've got to be able to get the money mm-hmm. earning um and you know we've talked about a city ordinance you know to protect that those things can be done and undone you know i think i'm not an attorney but mm-hmm. i'm going to be very cautious about that um you know is it possible for us to change our charter and to protect that money in our state charter mm-hmm. where a future council would have to ask the state, hey, we want to dip into these funds. You know, I'd probably be okay with that as long as I felt like it really had some handcuffs to it. Um, but the other thing is, you know, that return. So the combination of protecting the money and making sure we, we can invest it in something that helps the community long term. You know, the this is just Ronnie Martin's view of this. But, I mean, I view my time in service um, – I'm not as – I think in politics, everybody feels pressure to do something while they're in office. And I think constituents have expectations for people to do things while they're in office. Um, I'm really less concerned about that than I am leaving it better than I found it. Yeah. And so if, if through my effort and my contribution and the ultimate judgment of city council – we can, we can take this money and set it aside and protect it forever, conceptually. You know, 50 years from now, those numbers that I was talking about on a 15-year basis, uh, Truman, we could give probably uh, $650 to $680 million away over a 50-year period and have all the principal intact of that MED money. So yeah. it becomes a legacy for the city of Murfreesboro uh, forever. And, you know, it's something that could kick off 10, 12, 14, 16 million dollars a year that, um, and I think Councilman Lance brought this up in our meeting, could be used to prevent future tax hikes, tax increases, which it could. It could catch us up on the capital improvement plan, which it could. Um, but, 
you know, there's only so many dollars to go around, so it can't do everything. So the council will ultimately have to decide, you know, what to do with that. But um, my priority would be protecting the money and, and leveraging it to earn, you know, without taking unnecessary risk, an acceptable amount of risk to get, you know, a pretty good return on the money long term. You know, the one thing you don't want to do right now, and, and I, I, I'm kind of reading you, is that we don't need to raise taxes right now with everything that no. happened in the last year, especially. Absolutely. Uh, we've never seen anything come in and, and be so devastating to the business community. I mean, who would have ever thought that we – I mean, things were going great guns. I mean, every, everybody seemed to be – uh, pretty much successful in everything they were doing, and then all of a sudden, this thing happened. And thank goodness we had a, a a president that decided that we have to keep our uh, country strong, and and with everybody being made to stay home and all those type things, uh, nothing was getting done. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, we all saw the impact of of what was happening during that time. And, and I'm proud that you, you guys are looking at something that could be very successful for the city of Murfreesboro for a long, long time. I, you were against the MED sale, and I certainly was not happy with the sale. But if you can get something that's going to uh, provide something that will be long-lasting for our community, then um, I may change my mind. And, and I see that... You're looking forward to that. Well, and so, you know, um, Councilman Lalance has brought this up on several occasions. Mm -hmm. We received a $3.2 million payment in lieu of taxes mm -hmm. from MED. That was basically the revenue that we received from the utility that went into the city coffers. Yeah. Um, you know, with some of the numbers we're talking about, if we, if we don't spend that money uh, and we set it aside... Mm -hmm. You know, 15 years from now, 50 years from now, we could be talking about $10, $12 million a year that's coming to the city rather than $3 million. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a chance that $3 million might have gone up, but um, it, from what I understand about the way it's calculated, it doesn't grow the way a, a traditional investment grows. Mm -hmm. So we would have always been limited to the contribution that MED could have given to the city of Murfreesboro. And, and now that the utility is sold and that decision's behind us, mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important to say how do we leverage the new asset we have, which is the cash, since we no longer have MED, mm -hmm. how can we maximize it uh, for the citizens of Murfreesboro? And, um, you know, I think this plan, to one, make sure that we keep it out of hands that want to spend it immediately, which is, you know, I, I think the worst thing we could do. Yeah. Uh, but to live off of that income stream so that it's preserved forever. That, that allows the utility to create a legacy of contribution that it, it gives back to the city forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, uh, you know, long after I'm gone and we're gone and uh, that could still be here. So rather than, you know, buying an asset, a truck or a building that's going to last five years or 50 years, this is a lifetime asset we're talking about that could be here, you know, forever. Yeah. Great show, as usual. We appreciate the invitation. Um, I, I always enjoy the education part of it. Well, uh, I appreciate having a friendly place to come and talk. So, I enjoy it. It's fairly hostile. Yeah, I'm glad he gets that out of his system before he gets me on the radio. He beats me up before we start talking. 
I've always been kind to you, you Ronnie. Have. You've always been very not Janny, but I've always been kind to you. <laughs> Do you want to say bye or hi to anybody, Janny? This is our farewell from Sylvan Park, right? Do you want to tell Terry thanks for the uh, trip from uh, one one lake to the other? We had a good time. You did? Yeah. Congratulations to my cousin Kelsey Marcus. You know, you've had her on the show before. It's not working. Here, can I try it again? She's changing the mics. Is that better? Yeah, a lot better. She had a baby yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Boy, girl? Little girl, Maisie Jade. Maisie Jade. Yep. That's a beautiful name. Yeah, she's precious. I'll show you a picture of her. Yeah, what did she What did she uh, weigh? Or, or can you we discuss weights of the ladies? <laughs> Not her weight, the baby's yeah, weight. Yeah. Um, I think it was 5 pounds, 15 ounces. She's oh, a tiny a little, little thing. bitty thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's precious. Oh, We're I'm excited. sure she is. Yeah, nothing like them. Mm-mm. Well, you and I've got to, well, I've got to get to the eye doctor, and you're going this afternoon. I'm what a coincidence. I know. Yeah. And I'll probably have to take the rest of the day off. Bless your heart. That's your first day off you've had in a long time. It is. Yeah. It's really not. I yeah. tell you that. It's really That's the first day off in three days. All right, guys. We will see you in the morning at 9. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com.